Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So what a fascinating story I've got lined up for you today. You see, this person is not only inspiring, but she carries so much strength, and I have so much admiration for her because life hasn't been easy for her. However, she's not sitting there making excuses. She's not sitting there playing the victim card. In fact, what she's doing now is she's thriving 365 days of the year. And while she's doing that, she's helping other people. So I think it's really going to hit home with quite a few of us that listen to this. And I think there's certain parts of this episode, at least, that are going to resonate with you. At least they resonated with me. Because some of her stories, I've suffered similar stuff in my life. And maybe you have too. And I think there's real beauty in the way that she describes the struggle and how she's overcame it and how she's coping with it on a daily basis today. So I think what I'm going to do is jump straight into this one. Again, it's always more fun listening to the guest than myself. Let's get this show on the way. Okay, so I just want to begin by obviously thanking the listeners for tuning into the show today. And more importantly, our wonderful guest today, which is Bep Daliwell. So how are you doing today? I'm really good, thank you. Great to great to be on and great to speak to um, as many people as we can. Fantastic, fantastic. So as we touched on just before this, I was obviously trying to get you on the show uh, for quite some time now. Uh, mainly my fault that I've had to rearrange because of my cold and my tissues, which I still have uh, here, here today. <laughs> no worries. But um, I think it's important for the listeners to get to know you a little bit and understand your story. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, if you could just kind of tell us how you've progressed through life and kind of ended up where you are today. Okay. Um, so as Aaron said, my name's Bep. Um, I, I I suppose I'd probably describe myself as a regular Indian girl mm-hmm. um, who uh, was has been brought up by some amazing parents, actually, who have worked really, really hard. So, you know, they were the first generation to come to the UK. Um, they put a lot of their dreams on hold in terms of you know, my dad wanted to be a doctor and he ended up having to work in a factory just to, you know, bring in the cash, etc. Um, they both had an amazing work ethic, which I think has helped me, my brother and my sister to really appreciate the value of kind of working hard and, mm-hmm. um, you know, being respectful and looking out for each other and caring and, you know, family first, all of those kinds of things. So I was really privileged and actually, uh, um, you know, amongst all of that and I was working hard, It was also loads of fun. So, you know, we did loads of fun things as kids, Um, you know, not with a lot of money, but, you know, it's just making time um, for each other, really. And because my dad worked shifts, um, we'd have a lot more quality time with him. So Mm -hmm. that was always really, you know, good because he made sure that we played in that time, which was amazing. Um, And then uh, went off to university. I was probably the first Asian girl in our family to go to university. So, that had its ups and downs. Um, so for me, the ups were obviously like loads of freedom and friendships. And it, it just felt like, you know, oh my, I had never really experienced freedom before. So it was just life with no restrictions. Um, and it really sparked 
something in me in terms of just being independent, um, standing on my own two feet, actually putting myself first, you know, thinking about what it was that I wanted. Um, and loads came from that. So, you know, that was a really important time in my life. Um, after university, um, got married, uh, to, you know, chose the guy that I wanted to marry because I kind of was under a lot of pressure to get married. Um, and unfortunately, that didn't really work out. We, you know, you kind of realised quite, well, I realised very early on um, that we were just living life on very different terms. You know, our upbringing had been different. Um, our values in life were very different um, and there were loads of lessons you know I really should have realized at that point in terms of the power of trusting your gut you know which I really should have trusted even on my wedding day and I didn't um, and, but there was just a lot of pressure to you know I suppose to live the dream that I suppose for some respect you know my parents had given me the freedom to go to university I owed them something back um, and although I chose this guy um, you know, but we, we all learned a lot in that process. My parents, in terms of, I suppose, how strong and independent I can be. Um, and for me, it was just a case of, wow, sometimes it's really important to listen to your parents and their gut instincts. Um, but, you know, I don't regret it. And that's the biggest thing for me is that, you know, yes, it was, you know, seven or eight years of my life. But who I then became was a person that I just think, wow, I would never have become that person if I did stayed in that kind of relationship or not been through that yeah exactly not been through that um and then I suppose you know had a, a few years of again being single and enjoying my life and then I met the right guy um and got married um and then cancer came along and threw in some curveballs so very early on into our marriage um probably about 18 months in I think um so yeah so that's me yeah, I suppose in terms of just that initial element of who I am. I, I, I suppose a part of the other theme that kind of ran through was um, I had a 20-year kind of corporate career. So I was working, um, you know, in a big corporate business for 20 years in various different roles, sales, marketing, PR. And I recently left in 2017 and set up my own business um, called Thrive365. And it's literally about how you can thrive every day. Love it. Okay, thank you for sharing that. You're doing this thing now, which is uh, Thrive 365. That's obviously, a, I'm assuming, because of your cancer situation and it's, mm -hmm. and it's kind of changed yeah. your whole perspective on life. And I, I follow yes. you now on social media, not in a stalking way, but, I, but I'm very <laughs> inspired by your messages and the, and the work that you're, you're doing out there. Have you always been positive, inspiring, motivational? Have you always thought about doing something perhaps like this in your life or is it because of the circumstances that you would doubt you felt no, actually, I need to give up this corporate life and I need to have a shift in my life. It's definitely been because of the circumstances. It's not, I, I've never, ever thought about running my own business. You know, even though my parents did, you know, my mum had a sandwich business and we were all brought up in that and I realised how much hard work it was. That's never been my thing. My thing has been go, you know, bring in, you know, a safe salary. Um, I think for me, it was always a case of, um, you know, and bring home you know a decent enough salary in terms of living a nice quality of life um and but but then it was always that case of for me especially I suppose even after the divorce it was a case of actually there's more to life than work and work was my nine to five but it was what I did outside of those hours was what enriched me um and really kind of like bought more 
perspective to my life and that's where I wanted to put a lot of my energy but the cancer definitely um made me made me really stop and think about what I wanted the rest of my life to be about um and it wasn't necessarily my nine to five I have had cancer in my family kind of ripped through it as well and it does completely change your perspective and I'm not I'm not saying it it was a reason I kind of gave up corporate because I gave that up for a different reason but I think if it was to happen at that time I'd probably start to reassess my life as well and I guess that's kind of one of the reasons I I want to do this podcast is because I don't want people to wait for a situation or a circumstance in their life in order for them to kind of think do you know what I, I better make the most of my life all of a sudden because a lot of us yeah. are just going through autopilot in our life and it's yes. a shame it's a shame to see because we can do so many beautiful and wonderful things out there um could we just yeah. if you wouldn't mind just expand a little bit just so the listeners know in relation to the thrive 365 yeah sure so um I think for me like you said and I think you've already recognized as well just you know cancer made me really really stop and reevaluate mm. everything in my life um and the one thing I realized that you know that I really wanted to do was to to make the most of every day mm-hmm. and there's something about um and thriving doesn't mean that you're living life at 100 miles an hour sometimes thriving for me is literally sitting in front of the telly watching Grey's Anatomy because that is the bit that totally just that chills me out and that's the program I just have to watch on my own and it just settles me and it you know and it does everything and I I'm ready then to face the world after I've had that hour. Mm, and so mm. thriving, um, but it's just knowing, you know, knowing that actually what is it? And, and it's so personal and it's so individual as to what it takes for somebody to thrive every day. And so mm. within my business, that's what I'm doing. I'm helping individuals through one-to-one coaching in terms of understanding themselves better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, going into corporates and I'm just the on-site coach that again goes in and just holds that space for people to be seen and heard and to feel like they they value they're valued and that they matter mm. um because i think there was something so i suppose about you know not living life on everybody else's terms and expectations and i think absolutely for me it's that it's that journey of knowing who you are and I didn't really know who I was um, until even, I suppose actually it was, the, it was after when I decided to get divorced, I also decided to invest in a life coach, which was the best thing ever. Okay. And she really helped me work on my values because I was so stuck about who I was and mm. everything obviously had been turned upside down for me. And I just thought, I don't know how to navigate forwards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she appeared at the right time and just helped me recognize my values so that every decision I then made was in my values were embedded in those decisions. Um, and I think that really helped. Fantastic. I, I can resonate so much with that in relation to my corporate life. I actually, no, I, did, I didn't employ a life coach similar to yourself. But what I did is I had somebody who was a lot wiser than me at the time, who I saw as a mentor. And he, he actually asked me the question, Aaron, what are your values and ethics? And it's kind of that question where you know it as a kid, I suppose, or you kind of live by a certain way, but then you kind of forget it and you, like the whole autopilot yeah. thing. And then all of a sudden I sat there and I thought, I don't actually know the answer to that. And I remember yeah. sitting there and um, I went home that evening. I, was, I used to stay by myself in a hotel 
when I was working mm. in London. And I, and I sat there and I actually Googled ethics definition and I was, yeah. I was looking around to kind of get some inspiration. And then when I started to write it down, it wasn't far long after, I'd say about five or six months later, I actually gave up corporate world for forever. Yeah. And um, I, I then went on to become a social worker and kind of attaching things mm-hmm. that, that resonate with myself in terms of giving back and stuff. So I, I find that really interesting that you said that. I was going to say, but that's great that you actually were able to hear that and take mm-hmm. action against it because mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't think, I definitely didn't, realize that I didn't know what my values were I knew that things would trigger me and I'd get upset but I didn't realize it was because some whatever that situation was was treading on my values Mm, mm. and I think there's so much in that you know the corporate world is amazing for you know for giving you perspective and, and and introducing you to people that have that awareness and that can mentor you and I've learned so much in you know my 20-year career mm. but I just think you sometimes it's those life experiences that still absolutely. you know help absolutely and I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said about knowing who you are and <laughs> the funny thing is I think so many people including myself at, at some stage I didn't know who I was mm. and it's such a simple question, but I think I, I kind of wish that everyone can just maybe take time out of their day or in the weekend or something just to kind yeah. of reflect and think, is everything I'm doing in my daily life, um, it, it, is it working towards my core values, yeah. my beliefs? Because if you can align those in, in whatever aspect exactly. it is, you will find some level of fulfillment and happiness. I mean, that's kind of my take on yeah. it. And it is, it's about the alignment piece. And I just think I, I wish this stuff could be taught in schools in terms Absolutely. of, I, I did a talk quite recently to some teenagers and I was desperate to say to them, please don't lose sight of what your passion is now. So be it sport, be it art, keep something that's just yours um, because that will be also be a piece of how you thrive, you know, almost every day because you need to have something that connects with you and, and I suppose one of my other biggest life lessons is everything starts with you and, you know, everything, everything is centered. But if we don't take the time to know who we are um, and what our triggers are, what our passions are, then that's quite often when we lost and we, we get on this. We live life on other people's terms and, you know, with other people's expectations. And then actually that's when you then end up potentially getting ill because you realize that you are living, you know, a very stressful life because it's not in alignment. Um, And that's when I think sometimes, you know, the awareness hits and sometimes that's too late, you know, because the the illness or whatever it is that's happened is there. And I'm so on that page of, let's do this early let's just realize now and you know you 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 can change you can find a way absolutely to, to help yourself in in understanding yourself better and live life in a so you know so much more empowered way um that yeah i can relate to what, what it's like in a corporate life you've got early starts you've got late late evenings and you're pretty much working more than the 37 and a half hours that you're contracted to yeah your life's changed now and you're, I suppose you're kind of living it on your own terms. Have you got any sort of daily habits or anything in, in relation to routine where people who perhaps are going through this phase where they're trying to find themselves and they're a little bit lost could perhaps adopt or maybe kind of alter and use? 
Yeah, I suppose one of the things because my, I, you know, my my weeks, my months are all very, very different because I'm kind of out doing loads of different things, um, networking, you know, meeting new people, you know, doing some client work. It's all really, really varied. Mm-hmm. But something I realize is, especially in terms of, you know, walking my talk, how do I thrive every day? Um, and and I think there is something around the fact that. I know I'm going to have a good day if I literally do, you know, start with exercise in the morning. Um, but then there's something about, you know, that then triggers me to then eat well through the day or be much more aware of what I'm eating. Um, but then also I think there's something about taking time for myself. So I, you know, I have, I actually really enjoy time on my own in terms of, you know, either listening to a meditation um doing a bit of journaling you know I, I don't have a set time in which I do that I actually give myself a bit of a break on some of that stuff and think actually you know what do I feel like today like what is going to enrich me um what's going to feed my soul today um and sometimes it's actually even just connecting with certain people that I know do that for me as well I, I spend a lot of time with my family um, so I've got two young nephews um, and, I, you know, where I can, they're probably, you know, them and my parents are the ones I think, OK, I'm going to get a buzz from spending time with them. And that's the freedom and flexibility I love of working for yourself, that you can factor in time to do, you know, and to spend where you know you're going to get a lot in return and it is going to enrich you. And these are things that. I don't want to ever look back on my life and think I didn't make time for the right people um, and, and all of that. So I think having the freedom and flexibility is what I really appreciate. But also I've realized stepping away from corporate now, just how free I am to learn and grow in subjects and areas that literally feed my soul. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a passionate, you know, I, I just feel there's so much more I've got to learn um and so I do you know spend quite a bit of time in terms of reading um absorbing thinking out how I can use some of this information with my clients um and so I'm just constantly feeding myself like knowledge but also experience and giving myself time to I still get to know myself a lot more mm-hmm. and I've kind of set my husband and myself a challenge this year that this year is all about us in on an individual level so what is it that we both need um, to do for ourselves so that we are still connected? And I kind of feel like I, although I've, I am connected to myself, I still feel there's so much more I need to know about myself. Um, and I think that's typically, again, the whole, you know, I'm the big sister. I, I All my energy goes on everybody else. And and I, I need to, I, what I really want to just stop and think, actually, stop focusing on everybody else, focus on you. And what is it that you need? Absolutely. Um, I, th- I think you need to, obviously, it's like the analogy, you need to fill your own cup before you can fill other people's up. Um, there's so many uh, fantastic points you you, so- you spoke about there. Um, you're walking the talk, you're getting to know yourself. And I think in a relationship and being in a relationship myself as well, um, just getting to know yourself and your own needs as an individual, I think is so important. Yeah. So I love my wife to bits. She's my rock, she's yeah. everything. And she allows me to do what I'm doing today. But we've also, I'm very fortunate that she thinks similar to myself. We both realize we have our own needs as well. And I think yeah. we need to all as individuals put ourselves kind of first. And, and I know it kind of sounds selfish, 
But in order, if we can do that right, I think then we can obviously give so much more out to the world. Yeah, and I and I, you know, I I've kind of challenged. You know, I've always thought, oh my god, is it selfish? Is it selfish? And I mm. realize actually, it really isn't. That self nurture and that self love and self care just means that you you do fill your own cup first. You know, you are the best person that you can be, and and then other people benefit from that. They don't Absolutely. benefit from you being knackered and, mm. and tetchy and all of those kinds of things. <laughs> I think people get so much more from when you are in a good place. So whatever you need to do to get yourself into that good place first, that's when everybody benefits. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I think the hardest probably point is for anyone who's very giving in, in their nature yeah. naturally is to kind of flip that but, but yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head I've seen massive improvements in my life my wealth my health and everything um, by by taking that slightly selfish approach and to be honest it doesn't even mm. need to be anything extensive so what I do is I wake up an hour before my wife and within that hour I will listen to something that will help me mentally mm-hmm. and I'll go to the gym within that hour so by the time I come back I'm then fully present and focused on like my relationship and then the work and it just it just works so much better so uh, yeah fantastic the the next thing I always like to kind of ask my guests is about adversity and uh, I know I know some of your your story and I know with the cancer scare as well I mean if you feel comfortable could you explain perhaps maybe for listeners who could be going through a similar situation or can resonate with your story a particular example of when you've you've gone through this adversity and it's like a particular day and how you've overcame it and I think more importantly yeah. the lessons you've learned from it because I think that's really important and then hopefully that can give some insight to the listeners yeah sure so um you know cancer is my story really mm. and if you'd have said to me years ago you know what do you want to be known for I I would never have chosen cancer but it has literally, it's, bec- it's become the very unwelcome visitor in my family mm. who keeps on showing up um, and bringing a different friend every time, which is just really, really annoying. But you can either drown with all of that or you can find a way through. And, and I've chosen to find a way through. And I suppose our story started, I suppose, in, in 2012 when my husband was diagnosed with lymphoma. So that's a blood cancer. And that, you know, obviously just knocked the knocked us off our feet completely because he was the one actually in our relationship, in our relationship who is a healthy one. And actually, in my family, a lot of people would look at my husband and think, you know, this guy, this guy goes to the gym and he eats well, and you know, and he's a good guy. And um, mm, and mm. so that really shook. And it was the first kind of real experience in my immediate family of cancer and his family. And so we you know, we didn't know how to deal with it. We didn't know how to cope with it. What we realized, you know, very quickly was, you know, you lose all sense of kind of control and you become part of the system. Um, And so even for me, I, you know, being the person on the sideline that wasn't really able to do anything. So as a carer, Mm -hmm. you know, it took its toll because everything centered, you know, around the cancer and everything centered around his treatment it's all encompassing and it's it's overwhelming. Um, you know, you, you just think, live, breathe, cancer. What are we going to do? And and then you get stuck in the system of like, okay, we're going to do chemo, and it's and his chemo started straight away. And you know, and you you get into a regime of taking loads of different drugs in between chemo cycles, and um, and yeah, it was the it was it was mental. You know, as a family, like 
everybody was just like, how do we deal with this? And and that can cause tension in itself because everybody wants to protect and make it better. Of course. And they can't. And, yeah. you know, and I think so that was really, really tough in terms of navigating how we were approaching it. Um, and in the end, my parents were amazing. And, you know, my husband fainted after his first chemo when we were just at home. And so my parents said, actually, you know, you can't do this on your own. And so we moved in with them so that I could still do a little bit of work. Work for me mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. amazing as an employer. And I had an amazing boss who basically just said, he's your priority. Look after him. Work when you can. So I was so, so lucky. Um, and that. then we just kind of fell into, you know, it was really, they were so supportive. And I know how lucky we are because that isn't often the case in cancer journeys. Um, and so we just kind of fell into a routine in terms of managing symptoms. The one thing it really did bring home was, oh, my God, do we stress about stuff that really isn't important, you know, Absolutely. in your everyday yeah. life. Yeah. Because I think we all think we're invincible and mm. nothing's going to happen to us. And so we get ourselves so caught up in things that aren't important. Um, and so we realized you know, when he was on that journey and and every day, in, you know, in his 21 days was always different as to how he would feel. Mm. Um, and there are some not nice sides, you know, like people get angry and, you know, and, and miserable because of what the drugs are doing to them. And so there's lots of things you don't see in terms of, you know, from cancer. And um, but we did start enjoying simple things. So just going for a walk, um, you know, going for a cup of tea and a cake. All of these simple things that we so take for granted suddenly became so big because whenever he was actually up to it and was able to do that, that was a big thing in our day. So so that was tough. Um, and then on holiday to celebrate the end of his cancer journey, so he was really lucky and he, he responded really well to treatment and he was in remission. And then we went on holiday to um, celebrate the end of his treatment and him going back to work Um and then on holiday, I found a lump um, in my breast. So, so and I mean, that was the bit that was hard because, you know, we obviously thought we were, we were at the end of it. And, and we weren't. And for me, that was really hard because, because I just wasn't used to putting myself first um, or even being the centre of anything or the centre of attention. Um, and, and the one, the biggest learning I suppose from that whole journey was it made me realize that I matter. I didn't realize that before that I really had it. Um, but, and and actually I'm so grateful for cancer for making me realize that, you know, it totally made me step off that treadmill of life. That was the trigger for me in terms of, you know, okay, now it made me question everything, everybody in my life, everything that I did, how I was living my life. And obviously, I'm so, so grateful that both of us got through it. You know, I I have obviously been part of some journeys since where people haven't got through it. And, you know, a really good friend of mine, my, one of my best friends who really stepped up when I was um, going through my treatment, she just you know, happened to be on maternity leave at the time. And so we ended up spending a lot of time together. And I can Mm -hmm. honestly say that she, since then, has become my real sunshine pal. Um, So I saw her, whereas other people didn't know what to say and and it's awkward and people avoid you and and things like that. She rose to the occasion and she stepped in. And 
um, and she just became, you know, I'd literally go and see her and she'd just whisk me off for tea and cake and do things, you know, we'd have it. nice lunches, we'd do some lovely, lovely things. And who knew that literally in that year in 2013, as I was going through my journey, um, her and her husband then moved from where they were living in Windsor up to Nottinghamshire mm-hmm. uh, to be near her family because she just had her second child. And then her husband got diagnosed with bowel cancer. And sadly, he died in 2016 at the age of oh, 34. God. And I just think, but, you know, mine and Louise's relationship as a mm. result of all of this is it has become so tight and so strong, even though we've got distance between us in miles, how she actually has inspired me beyond belief in terms of how you how you face death, because sadly we hate talking about death, but, you know, death is a part of life. And, and actually being at the end, being there at the end when, you know, George very peacefully died, and seeing how she was and how she shared that with her two boys who were three and one and a half, um, literally today inspires me to my core every single minute of how she dealt with that and how she continues to deal with it, actually. Um, so much so that, shameless plug here, we are going to do no, a bit no. of a podcast in terms of um, the yeah. whole adversity and you know and what it how it can change your life in in a way for the better if you Mm. if you allow it if if you you allow it yeah if you choose to see things differently and it is all about perspective and 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 the gift in the suffering you know so there is something that can come from it and that's why we do you know we've set up our own little sunshine tribe of um people that we know will always hold that space for us and will always let us live loudly live big dream big be the best that we can be wow the first thing i want to say is uh, you you spoke about gratitude there i'm just very grateful hearing your story and um, i'm thankful that you're you're able to share this with me i was getting um I was getting a little choked up myself a little bit there um, because I can relate in terms of cancer just ripping through families and causing this heartache. Uh, and, and, and I sincerely hope that, you know, the cancer scares for yourself, your husband and for your friend and for anyone out there really, that you know, they're the long gone and that will be, be fine yeah. a solution and, you know, your health goes from strength to strength. You, you also, you touched on some amazing things there and one of my uh, wallpapers on my phone is actually there's beauty in the struggle it's just a little quote and it comes from a song but um i think at that time we always think you know it's it's just happening to us and the world's happening to us and it's it's all about perception and i've been through quite a bit as um, i'm sure the listeners have and yourself and i really have managed to start changing my perception when something bad happens to myself and i think it's made me the person that it is today um you touched on beautiful little things like just going for a walk and having a slice of cake with a cup of tea and I think we often forget these little things because we're we're, we're in this world where we're seeing social media and we're chasing this we're chasing this dream mm. that some celebrity or some influencers got on there yet the beauty lies already within us and it's within reach yeah and I think sometimes we're chasing this stuff because we think we're not enough and you know and we need to constantly be feeling like there's more there's more Mm. you know and I just sometimes I just think there's so much in the simplicity of a moment where you're not actually even doing anything it's just you're with the right people Mm. you know and there's 
just something magical that if we stopped and and stop is a really big word for me right now in terms of <laughs> yeah. if we stopped and just let it be or mm. or appreciated it for what it was you know i kind of think this this one moment in time right now is the only one that we can influence absolutely and it's the one that's going to be you know, if we appreciate how good we've got it right now in this very moment, then we realize how blessed and how lucky we are because we can't influence, you know, we all have dreams on what we want for the future. We've got experiences from the past that have shaped us. Um, and I, you know, I've had to realize that I'm not going to have all the dreams that I wanted. And my life has not gone the way it, when I was 20, that I kind of expected it to go. But boy am I a richer person because of it sometimes we don't know what's good for us and what isn't and and if I don't make the most of the rest of my life now I've got the choice to realize mm, that I'm not mm. going to live forever um and you know and right now how blessed am I for the experiences I've had up to now and I know that there will be loads more twists and turns in this life of and course. I've always got a choice in how I respond um, I've got a choice to, you know, I, I would definitely say acknowledge the emotions, acknowledge everything that comes your way, give it space to let it teach you something. You know, I still know that a lot of my cancer journey for myself, I did it in through denial. You know, I kept on putting the smile on my face. It's what people needed around me. That's the other thing I want to anyone going through a cancer journey just just especially family and friends mm -hmm. just know that that patient quite often is having to be really really strong with you mm. um because they can see the fear in your face and actually i i know the thing that really helped me through my journey was having a counselor she was the person that i could go to that you know wasn't you know a close family or friend and and choose the one that i could go to and say what if I die? You know, what do I need to acknowledge in my life? Or how do I prepare myself if that is? Because you, when you get the cancer diagnosis, you face your mortality. It's a massive smack in the face. Mm. You know, and you realize, have I done everything I've wanted to do up to now? And, and like you said earlier in the podcast, don't wait, you know, for the cancer diagnosis. Don't wait for, you know, another massive illness or something live life now because mm. you know if you, if you trust any of the and they are true i'm sure like the stats that are out there that by 2020 so next year mm -hmm. one in two of us are going to be affected by cancer at some point in our lives um and although my family's taken taken one for the team in quite a big way i i still think there's more you know to just to stop and acknowledge the power of of you right now and living the life that you want to live on your terms absolutely absolutely yeah. I, just, I, I, I want to talk about something just after this first point the first point is that just in relation to what you said there um and you you, you got yourself a can a counselor sorry to speak yeah. to you about having been through it would you have preferred your family to maybe speak to you openly about it rather than kind of see it as the elephant in the room because i only ask that because i find it very very difficult if like when my uncle's got it or when my uncle passed away with it mm -hmm. to kind of speak to him about it and it was always kind of we just ignore mm -hmm. it and pretend everything's happy and we're all smiling yet we'd go home and we'd feel sad and then i i know they, they would be sad would you implore people to kind of maybe have that conversation or do you think it's best left with an external source like a counsellor? 
I think everyone's unique and mm-hmm. everybody will, uh, you know, because knowing that I use denial as a coping mechanism, I'm not sure that I would have been ready for certain family members to say to me, okay, tell me mm. what's going on here and how you're feeling. It was actually safer for me to have somebody outside of my circle. Mm-hmm. And because I was in denial, putting the smile on for everybody else and, you know, and, and navigating through it did help. The other big thing I probably really do want to share at this point is mm-hmm. within the Asian community, we really need to start talking about cancer because it is here, it exists, and we mm-hmm. run away from it. And I know that even when my husband was diagnosed, and actually, you know, there's a lot of people in our family still don't know that we both had it mm. because we put wow. a smile on, we carried on. And, 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 you know, I had the most amazing wig. Um, mm. So I had the most amazing hair every single day. Um, and so I just think, you know, I even turned up at family functions where people didn't know. And partly because we weren't able to deal with their handling of it. So in a way, I'm not saying that everybody should know and everyone deals with it differently. But I knew that if the more people be told, the more you'd end up managing their emotions about the situation than having the energy to focus on yourself and to do what's right to get you through it. So there's no right or wrong. Everyone has their own way of doing dealing with it. But I think acknowledging it as a family if that person has shared it with you and taking the time just to say, you know, what can I do? How can I yeah. help? The, the okay. thing I remember telling a friend of mine who's, whose friend had it, I remember saying to her, she said, what can I do? And I said, take her sunshine. I said, you know, she doesn't want to talk about cancer all the time. Mm. You know, she actually just wants you to acknowledge her as her. She wants you to, you know, she can still talk about the weather. She can tell you what she watched on telly last night cancer is all encompassing and sometimes you just want to break from it and you want to talk about other things and you want to talk about things that you talked about before and the one thing I know I craved was normality Mm. I was so desperate to go back to the life I had before cancer came and 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 you know I can look you know I'm so fortunate that I can go back to you know typically what life was like before now because you know we're both in a much better place and I know that's not the case for everybody but know that when you're on the journey the one thing you're craving is normality normality that's really powerful thank you for sharing Mm. that I think that's um that's a great point and the like you said the Asian community it's everything seems to be a taboo in the Asian community whether it's cancer whether it's mental health it's kind of everything is just brushed entirely under the carpet which is a shame but I'm just I just want to go back to my initial point that I really wanted to just highlight you said earlier in the podcast about this unwelcome visitor cancer and uh, you'll be known for cancer in your eyes and I just want you to know uh, and I sincerely mean this is that I think you're you're an amazing soul and you'll be remembered for a lot more than that you'll be remembered from this very short interaction with yourself now you're inspiring it's heartfelt your kindness and your endearing nature and I think all the good things that cancer has brought out of you because yeah. I believe it was always within you to help other people is truly amazing and you know I, I would never just see you as that and that's from our very short Thank conversation you. so um, I just wanted you to know that oh bless you I was I was gonna say that you know I really want people to know that there's joy joy runs through my core so no matter what I kind of think please find the joy in the simple things and the big things and through everything I just think you know 
just live a life that is just full of that kindness, love and joy. Um, so I just think, and, and that is where I do walk my talk in terms of, you know, making sure that I do find a way through. Mm, and you will. I know you will. Um, what's your biggest fear in this moment today? I think it is, you know, no matter what the cancer has done, I do, I do still fear of it returning. I, I fear it returning for my husband, for me, for, you know, other members of my family, um, because, you know, you just think, although I've learned lessons and I still sometimes think like, okay, if it did, what would I do? But then I just, I do sometimes just stop myself from going back. So I'm like, okay, like I said earlier, be, mm. be a, being a bit of a hypocrite, you can, I can only influence today. And today, as far as I'm aware, I don't have it. And so actually I'm just going to make the most of today. Um, so I, but I think there's always going to be that underlying fear once it's been there in your life, you know, but then I suppose that's maybe why I'm on overdrive of cramming as much wonderfulness yeah. into my as I possibly can um and so and I know I've got the strength to deal with it in whichever guise it does if it does so I think sometimes I just take myself to what is that fear acknowledge it think about how I'd handle it and then put it to bed so don't let it kind of like overtake um and so I think yeah I think it's it's still there in the background lurking that's fine that's fine and I suppose that's probably you don't really need anything to keep you motivated I suppose in life because a lot of lot of um people I come in contact with on a daily basis we're all trying to motivate ourselves to make the most of life and you just said a beautiful word there I'm not even sure if it's a word but it just sounds beautiful wonderfulness and I think if we can all make the most of our days and that overdrive yeah. thing that you're using I think I think it's so important I try to do that as well I 100% think sleep is important but I think once you have enough sleep <laughs> then stop hitting that snooze button really try and make if you if you want to do something in life go out there and do it if you want to connect with someone go and connect with them if you want to tell someone you love them then go and tell them because your story is a living proof of this you can't take nothing for granted in this world no and too many of us do spend you know life taking a lot for granted absolutely and people for granted and i just think there's something about the magic in the people around us and what they bring you and and to share that with them and to let them know because we can't take anything for granted. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and um, say I, I take I don't take things for granted because I, I do. But what I've done is, and it's just a little tip for somebody who's probably not gone through the harsh circumstances that you have, is to really try and have triggers in your day so for me I, I have my wallpaper on my phone I have a photo of me and my wife I have a photo of my family and I have all these little triggers where if I ever kind of revert back to my old habits it will snap me straight out of place and think Aaron fix up overdrive because yeah. nothing because yeah. there, there's photos there where people are missing there's photos there where people are ill and it's just it makes you think completely differently and I just you don't want you don't want people to go through that life or have those experiences but I think sometimes like you said um when you struggle or you go through adversity if anything it becomes it's i suppose like a gift and a curse isn't it you get the curse but then you get a gift yeah. from it as well at the other side i was going to say well you get the suffering and i you know there's something in that suffering but the suffering is also teaching you so much if you allow Absolutely. it and if you don't fight it Absolutely. um and i just think there's something in the pain part um that does then bring the gift when you're ready to see it 
Okay, we are gonna shift gears now actually. Um, so we're gonna <laughs> okay. we're, we're gonna start smiling now. And what we're gonna do is this is actually the fun part of the show where I literally put my guests through just sixty seconds of the most random questions you've probably heard uh, okay. this week. So um, th- there's no right or wrong answer. Just try and answer obviously with your first thought process. And uh, we're gonna start in three, two. One. Okay. What did you eat for breakfast? Oh, peanut butter on toast. The ability to fly or be invisible? Fly. Money or fame? I think fame for this message. Your biggest achievement to date? Surviving cancer. Mm. Your favourite food? Oh, my mum's lamb curry. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Your number one goal this year? Oh, to to thrive every day, but I really want to raise the game on how people live um their lives more fully um and to, to to help people understand how much they matter would you rather know how you would die or when you would die when love or money love books or movies books if you could sit with one person in the world for an hour who would it be maya angelou what is your biggest addiction oh gosh don't know that i'm addicted to anything really other than this constant need to better myself or to learn more and absorb more that's a brilliant addiction. Your favourite place in the world? I have to say, I, I took myself off on a holiday to Brazil and there was a beautiful hammock on my uh, on my little balcony. It was on my own, actually. This was me testing myself. Um, and that hammock and that view on a beach in Brazil was, yeah, one I'll never forget. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? I suppose it's ignorance or people being unkind to each other. Love that. And finally, your favourite song ever. Oh my God. I've got so much. Actually, Cherish. I'm going to go Cherish, Cool and the Gang. I heard that played live and it's beautiful. Oh, brilliant. Okay, fantastic. So the next question I always like to ask my guests is about reflection. Um, I believe hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, And upon reflection, we can always think of ways to get to where we currently are quicker, easier, or with less heartache. But at the same time, the journey teaches us so much. And it's a real belief of mine that everything happens for a reason. So what I want to know is if you could go back in time to that one moment where you struggled, say, as a younger Bep Daliwell, somewhere down the line and suffered with adversity or an obstacle or anything in life, maybe the first time, and you could whisper something in your ear, knowing everything you know now, what would it be? Um, I think it would be that I'd want to say it's okay. Um, You're exactly where you're meant to be right now. You know, don't fight it. Allow the lesson to come. Feel the pain. Feel the feelings. And just trust that there's going to be some massive lesson that you'll learn as a result of this and you'll be a better person as a result of this. So just trust. And actually ask for help. I'm really bad at not asking for help. And that's one thing I've learned is ask for help. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you better at asking for help now? I am, and I, and I, but I also know who, who I know. So I've got, you know, some. I suppose it probably is more my friends now, and you know, and some family members. I just think I know what they, what I need, and what which ones will give me what I need. Love it, and um, if I can help in any way as well, I know you're having a podcast oh, soon, or any anything in relation to Thrive Six Six Five, or even personally, please do. Um, let me know as well thank you you're very welcome um sadly we're actually at the last question now and um the last question i always ask is 
if in 150 years time science fails to save us all and all that's left is a book and this book is about your life and it's about everything that you've done everything you've accomplished all your dreams and everything what I want to know is what the summary at the back of the book would say and also what the title would be okay um so from I, I think it's going to be the summary in the back is going to read something along the lines of no matter what life threw at her she felt the pain she cried the tears and then she chose to rise and she took the lesson learned something from it she found something to spark the joy you know she was the queen of finding the silver lining um and I think <laughs> there's there's always going to be fun in anything that I do and and I, there's a, a beautiful Maya Angelou quote, and, and she just says, and still I rise. And I think that would be the title of the book, because I just think, you know, that life is tough, but then so am I. You are. That's very, very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And just before we close the show, I just want the listeners to be able to reach out to you, if that's okay. Uh, I know you're sure. busy and you're probably juggling loads of things, but I think it'd be worth people following the, the movement that yeah. you do maybe maybe they can support as well so I normally ask yeah. my guests to leave one place but I think because you're doing such a wonderful thing and it's you know it's going to serve the community you're welcome to give as many plugins as you as you wish okay lovely so uh, the the easiest one would be my Instagram account and that's thrive bep um so that's one on linkedin please follow me on linkedin and please if you can introduce me to your into your businesses or somebody that can just come in and hold that space and and allow you to thrive and that would be amazing the other thing that i really did want to mention was um if anyone's heard of simon thompson who is a lady that has her instagram account is in cancer and she's currently going through a stage four uh, lung cancer diagnosis at a very young age. So I think she's just turned 30. And Saima has set up a Facebook page, um, a BAME um, for cancer. And I think it is just about uniting the ethnic communities um, so that we do start talking about cancer um, and we, you know, we open the debate we have the debate and we start sharing a lot more. So it's just a, it's a supportive little community um, just to hold that space for each other as we navigate through. So, um, yeah, and, and please follow Simon as well. She's doing some amazing work. That's fantastic. Uh, what I will do is I'll probably get those off you so I can put them all in the show notes just so I don't miss yeah. anything out uh, for anyone to um, reach out to you and also to that Facebook page as well, because I think that's a really, really important thing. I want to once again thank everyone for listening, and more importantly, uh, Beth, I really want to thank you for your uh, bravery and your openness to share your story and um, inspire many people, and, and thanks for taking time out of your day. And as always, people, thanks for listening. Oh, my pleasure, Aaron. Thank you. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.